0: Good morning, Nachum. Good Shabbos, everybody. Whoa! First of all, a Shushan Purim. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Tzav. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Tzav contains eighteen mitzvos, evenly divided—nine positive and nine restrictions. I'd like to tie in, as I will in a moment, blineder, the parsha with the Yom Tov of Purim, that we are still celebrating. We did not say Lab Natsayach this morning, and if somebody is an Ovel, they did not sit formal shiva yesterday, nor are they sitting shiva today, according to Ashkenazic practice. So, it's interesting to note that among the nine positive mitzvos The very first one is that of the mitzvah of Haramas Hadeshem, the mitzvah of lifting off the ash from the Mizbeach. We're taught that a Kohen had to remove the ashes every day from the Mizbeach, called Trumas, lifting off of the ash, and it was done every day without fail. And it's interesting to note That basically, you could call this housekeeping. You could call it taking off, taking out the trash. I don't want to use, God forbid, the word G-A-R-B-A-G-E in conjunction with the Beis hamigdash. But that's exactly what it is. The Mizbeach was, the altar, was busy all day. Picture the Beis HaMikdash. The, The Mizbeach... Is a what you would call an altar, but picture a barbecue outside, approximately 75 by 75 feet. It has to be this large because we have Jews from coming all over Eretz Yisrael. Mazeltov, a woman in the north, she had a baby, she's bringing a korban. Mazeltov, a gentleman in the south, he Baruch Hashem got a promotion, or, as we read in the parsha, a korban todah. He went through a serious uh, medical issue, and Baruch Hashem, he's okay. He, among the three others that bring a korban todah, he's bringing a korban. Somebody forgot it was Shabbos, and accidentally, there's so much going on every day in the Beis HaMikdash. You need, Baruch Hashem, a large mizbeach. And before you start the day's work, in the Mizbeach, you have to first clean off the ashes from yesterday. There were no carbonos brought at night, but they saved. Pieces of carbon brought during the day, carbonos ola, etc., that could be brought on the mizbeach at night, so the mizbeach was active all the time. And in the morning, you clear the ashes before you begin the next day's work. Rav Shimshon Rafael Hirsch, in his commentary on this pasuk, sees a very sharp hashkafic idea, and this idea is that. You cannot begin the first day's work until you properly acknowledge those that preceded you. The uh, individuals that preceded you yesterday, namely namely in the Beis Amigdash, the koanim, but each individual, his parents. His teachers have to ever realize that when you are starting a new day, you are doing so thanks to the efforts and the teachings and that which they have shown you, that you are really a midget on the soldier, on the shoulders, excuse me, of giants, that is according to Rav Hirsch, the beautiful concept of the Haramas Hadeshen, which we'll get to in a moment, and Bliner to tie into Megillah Esther that we were privileged to read yesterday. The Chinuch tells us that this has to do with the idea of the appreciation of the Beis Migdash. What does that mean? That to magnify the glory of the Beis Hamikdash and to do whatever we can to raise and appreciate the proper kavod that we are to have for the Beis Hamikdash. And interesting to note, I would have thought that perhaps if a Kohen had a pair of jeans, Maybe he would wear that when he cleared off the ash. And B'davka here, the Torah says, know that the Kohen is to wear big day kahuna. They don't have to be the best, but he has to wear the special priestly garments, and they have to be of the proper size. One wouldn't think that this could be done if he's dressed sloppily. No, the idea is that he is having the privilege now, to prove this point of privilege, go take a look at the first and second mishnayos of the second peric of Yuma. And we're told over there that initially, because the cleaning of the mizbeach was done before day, before daybreak, <coughs> you would think that maybe one or two persons would come and volunteer. Okay, so originally they had it that whichever Kohen got to the top of the Mizbeach, and there were no steps, as we know from the end of Parshas Yisro, there was only a ramp, that whichever Kohen got to the top of the Mizbeach, he'd be the one to have this distinction. And the Mishnah tells us that once there were two Kohanim that were, quote, neck and neck, and one realized it, and he simply shoved the other one off the ramp, caused him to unfortunately break his leg. And from then on, they did a lottery every day to determine who would have the, quote, privilege of clearing off the. Now, once I use that privilege, I'm just going to tell you a something which occurred to me many years ago in Israel. I'll make this very quick. It's personal, but I can only tell you, I was driving, I enjoy driving in Israel, and uh, I had one of my sons, um, this is before I was even able to listen to Sheurim, which I do parach Hashem, as I drive, but I had one of my sons give me the Torah station, and when I heard this, I had to pull over. What did I hear? Very quickly, Abba comes home from shul Friday night, says, good is to the family, and mommy says, But I have to tell you, little Chani, unfortunately, didn't behave. I don't remember what she did, not important. So Abba was given the, quote, task of choosing an appropriate punishment for little Chani, who had misbehaved. Abba thinks for half a minute, and he looks with a serious face, and he says, Chani, I'm sorry to tell you, but you cannot clear the table tonight after the Suda. When I heard that, I had a pull over. I had to digest it. Could you imagine what a special Jewish home that children are taught that to clear the table after the su'uda is a privilege? And therefore, he gave her that punishment that for this Friday night, you can't clear the table. Wow, that's learning from This mitzvah, it happens to be Mitzvah 131 in the Sefer HaChinuch, but it's an incredible idea. Now, let's work with the second idea, that of Rav Shemshon Fulhersh, who says that the purpose of this honor to the ash of yesterday is to remember the holy misorah that we have. Now, where do we have this in the Megillah, Megillah Esther? So, interestingly, in chapter 3, when we're told that um Mordechai lo v'lo that Mordechai did not bow down, now listen carefully, to any human. Now, did Haman actually call and declare himself a god? I don't think so. Neither did the rabbis. Did he have some kind of a, um, let's say, religious ornament around his neck? Very possibly yes. From the letter of the law could one have gotten a halachic permission if he is not necessarily an Avodah Zorah, maybe if your life is at stake. Now listen carefully. The Targum says, and why didn't Mordechai bow down? And the answer is that Mordechai is a descendant of Binyamin, Ish-Yemini. He comes from Binyamin. And Binyamin did not bow down to Esau. When they come after the 20 years that they are apart from each other and they meet, so Yaakov and his entire family all bow down. Now you're going to say to me, come on, he didn't bow down because he wasn't born yet. The rabbis don't even factor that in. Whoa! What a privilege! And guess what, my friends? Where was the Beis Hamikdash built? The Beis Hamikdash was built in the Khailik of Binyamin. Tell me why. Because just that. That Binyamin did not bow down. So what do we have? Mordechai was proud to continue the misorah that he got from um, his ancestor Binyamin and I am going to share with you one of my personally favorite psukim in Megillas Esther. And what do you find towards the end of chapter 9 of Megillas Esther, verse 28? And I'll read the English just to save time. Consequently, these days should be remembered and celebrated by every single generation, family, mishpacha. And it's written, mishpacha u mishpacha. The family traditions play a very important role. And province, city, and these days of Purim shall never cease among the Jews. Could you imagine writing a book 2,500 years ago, a great story, no question about it. But to be able to say with absolute definitiveness that Purim will be observed Forever, and I mean forever, unbelievable. So what did he say? These days of Purim shall never cease among the Jews, nor shall their remembrance perish from their descendants. Now let's understand, my friends, that there are two places in our Torah where the Torah speaks of transmission from a, not just parent, but grandparent to grandchildren you have it in parshahs for eshanan whereby the torah teaches that there is a uh, positive obligation says the pasuk in devarim chapter 4 pasuk 9 and i'll read the english again just to save time Only beware for yourself and greatly beware for your soul, lest you forget the things that your eyes have beheld, Matan Torah, and all the preparation and all the excitement, and lest you remove them from your heart all the days of your life. Watch this. Make them known to your children. And your children's children, it doesn't say keep kosher. You and your children and children's children, it doesn't say keep Shabbos. You and your children and children's children, but you have it by giving over the mesorah And indeed, the Gemara in Dushin, that Lamed Amar Aleph teaches that whoever teaches Torah to their grandchildren, right? Torah, the Ben Beno to his, come on. To his uh, grandson, Malelav the Torah looks upon it as Kilukibla, as if he received it from our Sinai. Why? As much as there's an obligation on the father to teach Torah, there's the obligation on a grandparent, because a grandparent is closer to the Mesorah, right? The grandparent saw the great gadolim that the grandchildren did not see. When the grandfather Baruch Hashem had that privilege, and finally, we are now a month before Pesach Shloshim Yom Kodim Achag. It's the other place where you have this as well, is in Parshas Bo. And what does it say at the beginning of Parshas Bo? That regarding giving over what happened in Mitzrayim, the Torah says, and I quote, "Lamantis saper, so that you may relate." in the ears of your son and your son's son. There it is again. What? What a Kodesh Baruch Hu did in Mitzrayim, which comes up in a month from now. And so, I take this opportunity to wish everybody, not only a Freilach, a Purim, and a wonderful Shabbos, but the idea is, very quickly too, no such thing as you take out the trash from the Beis Migdosh. Oh no, what a privilege. And every home, She'll be looked upon as a mikdash ma'at. What a privilege it is to keep the home especially, not only for Shabbos, but during the week in a special way. An honor to take out the trash. And secondly, the concept of, wow, the punishment that was given to that girl. You can't clear the table. The idea is that working within the home and keeping our holy mesorah is so precious to us. Shabbat shalom and afrelecha shusham purim to all.